Oh, Dave, you look like you need a kip, old son. I do, I always do. Oh, you're not getting enough sleep. What you need, Ol, is a natural mat mattress. And what we'd like to talk about this time is Natural Mat Mattresses, Mattress for Life initiative. Oh, what is that? It's easy for you to say that's what it is, right. Dave. Now, look, look, Natural Mat make mattresses for life. And they mean it because they don't want their mattresses ending up in landfill, like five million mattresses in the UK do every year. Uh, these mattresses are made from natural biodegradable or recyclable materials and they're specially designed so that when you're done with them they can be broken down into their tiddly little bits and used again. So when your natural mat mattress reaches the end of its life in about 10 years time, that's a lot of sleeping Dave, uh, you could do three things. You can either refurbish it, you can recycle it or indeed you can donate it to people who need it more than you do, all via Natural Mat. And they're the only company in the UK who do that stuff. Fantastic stuff, Ol. Well, we will not be down about that, and that'll put a spring in our step as we look forward to lying down in autumn. Yes? Very good, Dave. So go to naturalmat.co.uk to check it out. And if you use the code BABBLE15, both online and in the showrooms, then you will get 15% off their natural mat beds, mattresses, toppers, and indeed bedding. Welcome to Sustainable 269. Welcome yourself all to Sustainable 269. 200 episodes since you were first smutty about the number 69. Are you going to do it again? I should think so. Very good. We are your friendly little weekly environmental podcast, ain't we all? Yes. All about people and the planet. And why? Just because people are chucking soup at paintings, that doesn't necessarily mean everything's gone wrong. Yes? Absolutely. And what are we going to be talking about this week on? Well, if I was one of those people throwing things at paintings, you might say, just stop, Ol. Uh, and I would say, don't stop me now. Uh, uh, nice. Okay. Yes. So, yes, we are, we are going to talk about all of that protesty stuff. Okay. Don't stop me now. Uh, we're also going to ask the question, who... Who does want to live forever? Who wants to live forever, Dave? As we discuss and digest the news that there are now eight bazillion of us on the planet. That's the technical number. Um, But all of that philosophising doesn't obscure the fact that the show must go on, particularly at COP. Uh, Or should it? Is this a massive waste of everybody's time? Is it achieving anything? I think Dave and I probably feel like the show must go on, but... Who knows? We will get on to it. And some news. Some news. You may have seen on the BBC News website the the extremely popular and loved and long-running podcast My Dad Wrote a Porno is coming to an end, <laughs> as it were. And all I can say, Dave, is that another one bites the dust. We shall come 
to that. Before any of that, nicely done, old Queen songs. It's been a while, isn't it, since we've had a since we've had a pun from your throaty little throats. You're all flemmy, mm. aren't you? You're all you've got that lurgy you had last week, and you still got it. Bob Fleming here today, yes. Yeah. Listeners, yeah. do do bear with him. He's surrounded by germs and vectors and he lives in a shed and he doesn't wear a <laughs> coat out of principle. He doesn't want to give Vladimir Putin the pleasure of putting the energy on. So, yes, unsurprisingly, poor Ol has got the pleurisy. But we do work for environmental charity. The pleurisy. We What's do the, work. What earth is that? Pleurisy. Pleurisy. Look it up. We do work for environmental charities, don't we, Ol? What the hell is blue? Yes, Don't we, we do. These yeah, are yes. very much our own views. So if anything that you hear makes you want to cough into a bucket, cough into our bucket, but not into our boss's bucket. Yes? Uh, look at that. An inflammation uh, of the tissue between the lungs and the ribcage. There we are. Oh, there we go. Well, before I succumb to the pleurisy, shall we get on with it? On with it. I shall miss you, Vikna. I shall miss you too. Chin chin. Now, Dave, I am not editing this week, which has been the case for about 200 episodes, uh, so it shouldn't be a huge surprise, but I can imagine there will be some suitably maudlin music La- yes lacrimose the lacrimose La- bread music Lacrimose's. is under here yeah yes we have some news or at least it's sort of news except it's kind of been broken for us by david roberts thanks yeah david, david um, fingered us on the internet <laughs> we didn't we got even... outed didn't we we got outed by yes. guest from last week's show david roberts who yes um fr- friend of the show wonderful episode we got a lot of love for our interview with david roberts but when david was publicizing the interview he said a thing that we probably should have been clearer he wasn't supposed to have said yes but he said i think i think that is i think the fault is ours yes i think we possibly weren't clear enough that we'd really rather he didn't say the thing that he said until we'd had a chance to say (laughs) the thing that we're about to say now yes um but he did say that and so we're now saying it again for some people and yes. we studiously not answered lots of emails and tweets asking if the thing he said was true because we sort of wanted to maintain some semblance of control and an agency in a situation. But we've actually just employed the ostrich strategy, which yes. is a good strategy, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, so, I, anyway, so I think that's all, I think that's all clear. That's should, it, isn't it? Move we, on. Let's move on. Right, very good. On. Great. Great. Very good. Now, got it in one hundred. Minister, it takes time to do things now. (laughs) No, no, we're not moving on. Uh, In fact, we're doing the opposite of moving on. We're dying. We're uh, we're we're done. We're dead. The babble, I'm sorry to say, is ending. Yes, uh, this isn't one of them jokes. Not very funny. But the babble has done its time in the great internet treadmill. And it is going to, like Scott Mills, limp off into the arms of Zoe Ball. Oh, Meta- Metaphorically speaking. Oh, yeah, like we're, we're, we're stopping the babble. Sorry about this. Um, that's what's happening. We will be finishing, I'm afraid to say, at Christmas. That'll be our, our last episode. will be round about then. And that's it. We love you very, very much. We've done this for eight 
years. Eight long years. The picture flashed up in my Facebook timeline the other day, Olive, when you came to the People's Republic of North Somerset and we went for a walk and we plotted the babble. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I didn't yeah. realise there were pictures of it. That's there nice. Was. Yeah, eight years ago. Um, and look, what? why? Why, Ol? Why are you quitting the babble and leaving me in the lurch? Why are you doing that? Uh, jumping before I was pushed, basically. <laughs> uh, no, for clarity, there, for clarity, are... this is very much, very much mutual. It's a conscious uncoupling from you, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> very conscious uncoupling. Uh, we are, so, oh, come on, there's loads of reasons, but the main reason is we're tired. Tired, tired, old we're tired. bastards. Tired, uh, old gits. Super tired. Um, I didn't plan to do this episode and sound incredibly tired and <laughs> downbeat as I do. Yes. Uh, that's Sounds a happy like you've just decided now, doesn't it? But no, no. <laughs> yeah. No, we yes. uh, no, we've been thinking about it for a while. It wasn't an easy decision, obviously. And to be totally honest, we would have stopped before now if it wasn't for the fact that you lot are so nice in the main, not all of you, but most of you are so nice about the babble and about the guests we have on and about the things that we talk about and about how it makes you think and do things differently. And that is a really, really motivating thing and has kept us going for a long time when, frankly, we wouldn't have done without it. So, yeah, I don't think we need to be too mawkish or no. labour all this. Thank you. It's been brill. Yes. Uh, still will be brill. It. We've still got a few weeks left. Still not, got a few know. episodes yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, only a few of you absolute lunatics have listened to the whole lot. So it's not like you actually need us to be around if you it's want true. to keep listening to Babble. There's hundreds of the f- <laughs> things. <laughs> go and listen to... Do you know what I might do with some of this additional time? What? I might listen to the Babble. I oh. might see what it sounds like, some of Cri- this stuff. Crikey, Moses, you, don't be alarmed by what your voice sounds like coming out of some headphones, will you? You might oh, you might yeah, discover all sorts horrible. of stuff. You might get to hear the little sound effects I put in and everything. Uh, anything else you want to say at this juncture, Dave? Or yes, there is. Oh, thank you for asking. There are a couple of things I want to say. I want to say a massive thank you in particular to our patrons. And we'll do a proper goodbye when we do our Christmas thing. But our patrons, we love very much. And we told our patrons already, so they, you know, they know about this. So I just want to say that. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, people, for sponsoring us and keeping us going. The other thing is this. In our last episode, which is going to be Christmas time, Send us your questions. We will answer anything, and we will answer with absolutely no fear of being cancelled. We will tell you what we really think. So if you want one last chance to get Dave and Ol to answer honestly, it might be something reflecting on the babble, it might be what Ol smells like, it might be whether David truly is as beautiful as he appears, it might be all sorts of stuff, it might be what we think about things. Send your questions by, say, the 10th of December to hello at sustainababble.fish or tweet them at us or if you're a patron use the patron thing or Facebook message us at sustainababble and we will try and answer them maybe but we yeah, good yeah jolly good what yeah, about Inhofe say the thing about Inhofe yeah well, I was going to that is one last thing we do have a request of you now look we have had as we said to our patrons pretty much every brilliant guest that we've kind of tried to I don't think there are many people that we've you know Tried to get on and haven't been able to get on. I mean, Attenborough um, was badgering us for ages to come on, wasn't he? Oh, and yeah. We, I was just like, David, just thought please. Be, come on, you're on everything, mate. We, we want, exactly. Yeah, we want Pass yeah. the mic. Yeah. Um, yes, I know there are, there are a few high-profile people in this world that we haven't got, obviously. But look, there is one person who has lived rent-free in our heads 
in all of your heads yes. for the best part of these eight years. And that person, as we see an epic snowstorm approaching America, I think possibly is going to rear his head once more. And that is Senator James Inhofe. I would really like to get him on the babble. <laughs> so if anyone out there has got any good ideas about how we might do that, please share that with us. We are going to try. We're going to try. Genuine, this, rather, is, this is a thing. This is a thing. It's a this is a genuine thing. request. I would rather you didn't just fire off random tweets and emails and stuff if you don't have some prior connection. Not going to help. Uh, but if you've got any smart ideas or any, you know, any contacts or whatever, then do let us know via the usual channels because I would dearly, dearly love to either do a silly kind of Borat-style interview with him or just do a totally straightforward interview that says, we've been calling you a c- for eight years. <laughs> oh. What do you think about that? He deserves a right to reply, doesn't he? Even, even, exactly. even in half. Um, right, so do that. Look, let's get on with it. There'll be plenty more time for lacrimosity as we go on. That's happening. And what we thought we would do for the rest of this episode is talk about things we have talked about before in different forms. And I want to see whether Ol still thinks the same thing he said before now, because I've got a sneaking suspicion he makes it all up as he goes along. What does it all think today? Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. Right, new section. New section. We are Never playing... too old to innovate, are you? One of the reasons, to be frank with you, that we're winding the babble down is we feel a little bit like we've said everything, right? So we're going to test that today because we're going to talk <laughs> about three things in the news that we've definitely talked about before. And we're going to see if we say anything new, right? But uh, the, only those of you who've listened to every episode are going to get appalled by this. For everyone else, this is new. And the thing we're going to talk about, first of all, is something that has been properly in the news for proper ages. And we haven't really talked about it. And we've mentioned it in passing, like with David Roberts last week. And that is this. Why does it take young people like me up on a gantry on the M25 for you to listen? Junction 31, northbound of the M25, supporting Just Stop Oil's demands for no new oil and gas licences. What is that, Ol? That is people very upset and cross about the climate crisis and the lack of action to do anything about it. Stopping traffic, throwing things at important works of art, doing disruptive things on a daily basis all over the place in the name of protest. That is Just Stop Oil, Dave. Mm. Now, they have done all sorts of stuff, haven't they? Just Stop Oil. Uh, perhaps most notoriously, uh, thrown two Just Stop Oil activists have thrown soup all over some sunflowers and uh, they have been attaching themselves to motorway gantries and blocking the motorways as well. So thereby causing massive tail-ups and causing, you know, causing all sorts of hoo-ha and causing the Gillingham team to be late for their game against Brentford, which means when they turned up, they were particularly energised, which is why we lost. It wasn't anything else. Um, and, uh, and definitely there were no irregular betting patterns or anything going on there. Um, yeah. And on the football theme, tied, the, the first time anyone had heard of Just Stop All, I think, was when that geezer tied himself to a goalpost. Do you remember that in, in a football game?
Do you know, I think that was one of the bravest protests I've ever seen. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how much gut that took to go and like no. piss off? <laughs> uh, which, which game was it? It must have been. It was, it was a premiership a, game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember. But I mean, it was, you know, we're talking at least 20,000 people yeah. who are not going to react well to no. their football game being stopped because of some teenager tying themselves to the goalpost cause climate change. Imagine the gut. Can we, before we do what I think and what I think today and how it's probably different from yesterday, what do you think, Dave? What do you think about all of this? God, I mean, I don't know. See, not as easy as it looks, is it? <laughs> well, I think when we talked about the, the closest we've come to directly talking about this, I think, is when we did that episode on Extinction Rebellion when they became a thing. And this is a good few years ago now. And we filed it under things Dave can't decide whether it is good or not. Because I don't know. I got asked today. I was on the telly today. That's why I'm a prick in a suit today. Because I was on the telly talking about the exam question that everyone who puts on a suit and goes on the telly is being asked at the moment, which is, these protests are annoying people. Are they harming the cause? Right? That. Um, and I've got... And what did you say? Uh, I said, I don't know. Oh, give up. The guy's an idiot. And um, are you getting booked again by that producer? <laughs> <Or> is that... <laughs> They did try to push me for more detail, but I was, I was steadfast. You think it takes guts to tie yourself to a goalpost at Old Trafford? Let me tell you, mate, it takes guts to keep saying I don't know for four minutes until they cut the feed, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> but this is your point, talking of things that have been constant and, um, you know, low-level annoying for 10 years. You have been saying, or eight years, you have been saying in all of that time, it's far too early to tell, right? Yeah. That's That's been your line for a very long time, that... The idea that we can assess the impact of protest in the moment is nonsensical. We will look back in a period of time and we will be able to work out whether or not it helped or whether or not anyone even remembers it. But yeah, right, right now, kind of whatever. Well, here's here's what I think more seriously, right? I think these are protests. The, 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 there's a the problem the question is a stupid one. And that's actually what I said. I said, don't ask me that question. It's stupid. And again, are they are they booking you? <laughs> they got you a show of your own now, have they? Yes. Um, by which I mean, protests that are designed to piss people off have the end result of pissing people off. As every protest ever that has been designed to piss someone off has done, right? So the question, is it right to piss people off, only makes sense in hindsight. Because if, if we accept that in history it has been right, to have protests that piss people off. But that at the time, those protests would have pissed people off and people would have been annoyed about it. Then you have to wait until what's happening now is history to work out whether it was right to piss people off now. Yes? That's what I mean. I haven't expressed that very clearly. That's no, why I, I just said I don't know. <laughs> I just think we don't know. I think we don't know. For every, person, yeah. for every person that is pissed off now, and, you know, there have been things, of course, of people saying they've not been able to get to funerals because of traffic jams and all this stuff, and you know, bad, right? But for everyone who's pissed off now, there's someone else, maybe, who's talking about it more. There's, you know, someone else who reacts to it some other way. This is incredibly complicated stuff, all, And, like, protest is part of the mix. What I do think, and I'm interested if you still think this, is, like, if there is a spectrum which has on one side of it shut up and say nothing and on the other side tie yourself to a goalpost in the Premier League, like that that side of the spectrum will have history on its side. That's what I think. 
So I don't have to, you don't have to necessarily yes. endorse all the tactics. I completely agree. But yeah. people that are doing something are going to look better 10 years from now than people who just went, oh, but that's made me late to go and pick up my shopping at Tesco's. That's what I think. The public don't support what you're doing. And you are, are making it harder for sensible people who want to tackle climate change mm -hmm. to pursue the right agenda because what you do is alienate the public by acting in a violent way, losing public support. You are setting back the task of tackling climate change. You're making things worse. I have always been struck by this idea that um, I think Greta has said this and certainly like Leo Murray, who we've had on the show a few times, he's always said this, that like no one believes it's an emergency if people aren't, who are saying that it's an emergency, aren't behaving like it's an emergency. So turning up, putting a suit on, going on the telly, saying calmly, it's an emergency, going home again, carrying on doing your normal, whatever you do in your flat and it's a safe space, but not that safe. Not in uh, No, exactly. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't show people that you actually believe it's an emergency. So yeah. people taking massive personal risks. One of the Just Stop Oil protests was getting in the way of the Formula One cars at the British Grand Prix. And again, <laughs> I looked at that and I thought, you double hard bastards. And they like these were young, like teenagers, I think. Again, just the guts, the sheer guts on display there is is remarkable. Uh, I think way more so than, you know, I'm not dissing the people who climb bridges and hang off Dartford Bridge and stuff, but I just think... Chickens, cowards, cowards. Uh, call yourself, not, call yourself activists. Oh, right. Do it on one leg. Do it with your eyes shut. Go on. <laughs> Go on. There's an emergency going on. without ropes, for God's sake. No, I'm not saying they're cowardly at all. I'm just saying that, like, if you're good at climbing and you've got lots of good equipment and stuff, then it's, you know... Yes, good thing to do, but I don't look at that and think, well, if you're getting in the way of Formula One cars, that strikes me as taking extreme personal risks. And that strikes me as demonstrating to people that you are you are behaving as if this is an emergency. Uh, so I, uh, I agree with you. I think I think that it helps to articulate the severity of how people feel doing all of this stuff and I think it's way more as David Roberts was saying last week yeah and we've been we've both been part of this right we have both either organized or taken part in like very polite well-organized sanctioned big marches of people politely asking the government to do a thing they're not going to do with face paint with well, no with face paint and a few drums and you know whatever. and that bloody rinky dink thing you know the pedal powered organ that goes around that we oh, had that yeah. didn't we yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. We did that forgotten about that um, but yeah, I don't... Leaflets we did. Oh, many leaflets. Many leaflets, yeah. Many and, leaflets. and... Slogans. Yep. And we were jolly... Puns. Jolly miffed. I hope this scum <laughs> has not inconvenienced you. <laughs> it takes more than a maniac trying to cut off my ghoulies to inconvenience me. <laughs> Right. Would you like a controversial opinion? Let's let's see if we can get cancelled in our remaining in our remaining four weeks. Would you like a controversial opinion? Oh, well, I'm happy with you to get cancelled because 
you know, you've always had this kind of itch to get cancelled. Oh, yeah. Bring, um, bring but I d- I d- I'm not sure I've actually sort of self-censored. I think I might have said things that I actually feel for most of the time. So oh. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what you really think about all of these things. Here's my opinion about chucking soup on paintings. And you're not going to like it, all right? I think it's fine. In fact, I think it would be fine even if the glass wasn't in the way. That's what I think. Oh. So everyone who is getting very upset about having art covered in soup. Yes. Why have you got a, you think I'm wrong and you're just waiting to tell me I'm wrong face on? No, no, I'm I'm thinking about it. I thought you were going to do something much more cancellable than that. The people who are very upset about having soup thrown on art are people who are like, firstly, A, what's that got to do with climate change? And as we talked about with David Roberts last week, I really strongly believe there doesn't have to be like a logical link. The point is it's just supposed to kind of get attention. And it should disrupt things that are, quote, civilised. Like, I do actually think that's kind of what should be happening. Like, remember all of the hoo-ha and all of the... stick that Extinction Rebellion activists got for holding up that trade and rush hour that working class people were using. I mean, like chucking soup on art is not that, right? It's kind of going after rarefied symbols of stuff. So I don't have a problem with it. And it's not really anything to do with sustainability, environmental stuff at all. But I've got this problem with art supposed to be this thing that stays as it is forever and it can't ever be influenced by subsequent cultural events, right? Like, it's still art. If, the, if that glass wasn't on them sunflowers and people, climate protesters, terrified and pissed off about the future of life on Earth, chuck soup on it, that thing should continue to be displayed in the gallery with soup on it. That's what I think. Art that is messed up by social protest is still art. It's just different art. It's living art. And I don't have a problem with, like, climped paintings being covered in oil, actually. Um, not that, that happened. But, you know, I think it would just serve as a kind of, like, reminder of the state we're in like that statue when it was chucked in the water in bristol now is in a museum with all of the graffiti all over it good that's good that's what should happen to it well this is very boring but i completely agree with you and also if this was an attempt to be a sort of contrarian controversial dave get me cancelled dave you could have you could have won so many more friends so much sooner if you just actually behaved a bit more like that for the last couple of years no but that's the thing for a lot of people what i have said there is barbarism right oh yeah okay but but not yeah maybe i look okay here's here's the honest truth uh shut up and listen to use your word um i'm shut up okay when that happened, when the first one of those actions happened, which was the Sunflowers by Van Gogh, I had a like a genuinely quite like, the, the, oh, don't don't do that, don't don't f- up that amazing painting, like literally the most famous artist in the world. I thought you'd be upset fam- about the food waste. <laughs> no, I just went round there and hoovered it up. I was like, oh, free soup, spare soup going. Don't worry, I haven't got any standards. It's fine. Um, yeah, no, I was, I was, I was quite shocked by it. I was quite shocked by it. And I was like, I don't, I know I don't want that painting to be ruined. And the more the time has passed and the more I've thought about it, the more I completely agree with you. And actually all of these artists themselves, right? 
I bet if you could reanimate them or at least go back in time and chat to them, they would all be well up for the kind of radical idea of, as you say, of like changing this art, of it taking on a new meaning, of using art as protest. Like, you know, all of these people who are whose works had now traded for gazillions of pounds, they were like, they didn't come from, by and large, they didn't come from elite backgrounds. They were broke and at the fringes of kind of bohemian society or any other bit of society and doing interesting, challenging things. And I think they'd be well up for being used in that, in that vein. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I thought much of the sort of trying to kind of draw the link between the art and the climate. Like when I think they were saying quite a lot, oh, there's, you know, what's more valuable, this painting or life on earth. And I was like, oh, you don't really need to do that. That's, I think, I think just be straightforward that what you're doing is something so attention grabbing and so shocking yeah. purely to grab attention and shock. And then you've got your platform and you can talk about your demands, which they've done. New babble policy, go and wipe your ass and turn a seascape. That, <laughs> that's what Ol would like you to do. Um, Absolutely. That, so what does get us cancelled, I'm pretty sure actually legally, is inciting people to go and wipe their ass on a turn a seascape. So you didn't Does hear it? that from us no um, that was um my dad wrote a porno said that didn't they that was very much their that yes, was their thing yeah. that's right i mentioned it once but i think i got away with it all right uh anything else you want to say on this uh oh i did want to reflect on that thing that you shared perhaps you could reflect on it about <laughs> the actual evidence of whether doing these things has any impact on attitudes towards the cause because that is a refrain you hear a lot isn't it you are damaging your own cause. Like, you know, the public agree with you, but if you're going to piss them off off like this, then they're going to disagree with you. You're, I, I like your message. I just don't like your tactics. All of that stuff. That's a refrain. Yes, it is a refrain. Thank you for asking about that, all because I have got opinions about it. Firstly, I dislike... Now, we have. if we haven't talked about this on Babel, I'm not just sure we have, right? I hate the idea that this is somehow our cause, my cause, an activist cause, and we are responsible for saving the planet by persuading everyone else. And if we are doing things that is pissing people off, somehow it is our fault, right? One of the angriest I've ever been, one of the angriest I've ever been was when a very, very close friend said that to me in the pub, almost like almost word for word. And I was like, you're doing your job badly if you're not persuading me to right. like, t- care about this. And I was like, ah! No, I know. Yeah! I know, and you got a bit of this, like... I did feel a bit defensive because when XR burst onto the scene, one of their lines of attack was against the likes of us that have been doing this for 15 years beforehand, basically saying you've actively been harmful and not helping and you're bastards, right? That was one of the things they said. And I did get a bit shirty about it because I was like, it's really difficult, like particularly when no one's talking about this at all and you kind of try to do stuff. So firstly, I don't like the idea. I don't like the idea that there's like a cause that I hold that I'm either doing well or not. Like people are just trying to do stuff, right? But the evidence from a study that was quoted, and we'll put a link in the show notes if you remember, all, was that like if you do sort of controlled studies, the, the people have got an issue with the protesters, but they'd have an issue with them protesters anyway. But they don't, and you see this actually. Never mind in the research, you see this anecdotally as well that um, all like the radio phone-ins and stuff that happen. Definitely talked about this before. Is people going? I'm really pissed off at these protesters. I was late for work. Um, how dare they throw paint on our? Of course, I agree with doing something about climate change. It's just these tactics that I don't like, right? And there, there doesn't appear to be much evidence that it puts people off doing something about climate change more than it makes them more annoyed at a certain type of person, probably than they were 
anyway, right? In the, it's complicated again, because in the long run, look at America, which is well polarised, as David Roberts was telling us, on the basis of like, well, if that person says climate change is worth acting on, I therefore hate it. And you don't ever want to get into that state. But I just don't think, it's not like climate change is not being talked about now. It is. Everyone cares about it. It's happening. It's a thing, right? So, stupid questions. Stop asking me stupid questions. Right, shut up. And instead of you, you, I see what you did there last time round. You didn't say, mm. you asked me what I thought. And because I'm yeah. gobby, I told you what I thought. I'm not going to do yeah. that this time. This time, we're going to talk about there being too many people. Now, we did this in depth when we did episode 115, Population, one of our most popular episodes. An interview with uh, Population Camp. Ironically. Alastair. Very well Curry. populated, wasn't it? Very well. That's that. right. Yes. Uh, so go go and have a listen to that. It is good. He It is a fair-minded interview and actually loads of food for thought. Can you remember? So we, oh yeah, the context is topical. The eight billionth person is estimated to have been born in the gap between this babble and the previous babble. So last week, they reckon, I don't think I know for sure, that the eight billionth person has been born or more i suppose more accurately the eight billionth person alive has been born because we've had one eight billion people yes um and that's a lot of people isn't it how many zeros is that oh oh um zero 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 so i just wonder whether you what you now think maybe it's maybe it's a different view maybe you've modified do you think eight billion people is too many and something should be done about it all now look, it's a long time since that episode and a lot of water has passed under the bridge and I've grown and evolved as a person. Outwards. Um, and mainly outwards, yes. There's been quite a lot of growing <laughs> outwards. Uh, and obviously, you know, as one gets older, one's views change and one takes on different, potentially less kind of fighty positions. And... Ooh. One type thinks, oh, perhaps my, one's younger self was a little bit quick to idealistic. judge. Uh, a bit idealistic, perhaps? Yeah, a bit idealistic. So yeah. I am very happy to announce, very happy to announce that uh, the previous view I held is exactly the same view that I hold now. Uh, I think in that episode, we did a little bit of a possibly slightly cowardly post-interview section where I was like, this is why I completely disagree with the person we just interviewed. But I didn't have the guts to say it to his face. <laughs> I didn't have the guts to say it. So go back and listen to that if you want to hear a really pathetic kind of squirmy thing. Uh, but I'll repeat it for you now. I don't think the population itself is the point most of the time now what you see is not people saying we need to enforce i don't know one child policies or anything horrible like that what you see is people saying there are too many people on the planet the planet can't sustain it and therefore we need to have much greater investment in educating 
and empowering women and access to family planning and ensuring that far more women have sexual autonomy and uh, agency and all of those things. And you go, yes, that's right. I agree with all of those things. I would agree with all of those things if the number of people on the planet had absolutely no impact on our collective biosphere. If if the number of people on the planet didn't make a difference for climate change, didn't make a difference for biodiversity loss, didn't make a difference for the overuse of extract of uh, resources, I would still think those things. So if you're coming to me saying we should care about population because of all of those injustices, that doesn't make any sense. We should care about those injustices because they're injustices. So that that's what I think about the population thing. You obviously think the different, you know, the opposite, given your face. Because there's a middle. There's a middle, which is where you were going, which is there, like, all things being equal, more people equals more damage, right? And that was basically what you were saying. You were saying, like, if population didn't have an impact on the biosphere, I'd still care about the things you had to do to get you know, the, the, the sort of seen as population. But all things being equal, it is true, right? That given at the moment we are, con- we are causing X damage, if you have more people, there will be X plus some damage. That is just like a kind of thing. To an, Where, ex- to an extent, yes. Although, obviously, right? what I didn't mention in that rant was the massive inequality in consumption, right? Well, so, th- so, so, right. Um, yes. Another Jeff Bezos equals way more damage than another 10 million ordinary people. Right. Right? Yes, good. And, and uh, yes, good. So this is what the power, like, where I think we arrived at last time, right? Is that like all of the things that are the problem about the number of people. The number of people per se could fit onto a, what is it, like a... a oh, yeah. The, the island of Manhattan or smaller than that. That's or the right, Isle of yeah. White or something. If you actually put all of the humans on the planet stood next to each other, was it even stood next to I think they might have had a little bit of space around them. Anyway, in close proximity... Close proximity. You get them in a very small period of land, yeah. So, yeah. so it's not the land. number of humans per se that is the issue. It is like the the collective impact of those humans on the Earth's biosphere, right? And the way it works, which, as you quite rightly point out, ain't equal. Like, some people eat shitloads of meat and some people don't eat any meat at all. Some people fly a lot and other people don't fly at all. Some people have got loads of money and spunk it on shit they don't need all the time and encourage us to buy shit we don't need, Mr. Bezos, with your big phallic rocket. And other people definitely don't, right? So it seems to me you it's only population's only a problem if you assume that the way our wasteful kind of life that we have is how everyone is going to and should live. And I think that's the biggest problem for me. It's like, well, we all accept we don't want to live like that. And as David Roberts said last week, like the challenge is how to work out how not to live like that and have good lives. Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. So, the popula- so I agree the population thing is a bit of a, a, a red herring. But isn't that a bit short-sighted? What happens when we're overrun by lizards? No problem. We simply unleash wave after wave of Chinese needle snakes. There are there are crudely three three or four ways to get the impact of humanity on the earth to zero. One of which is reduce people to zero. The other ones of which is reduce the impact to zero, the amount of stuff to zero, um, or the the something else. I've forgotten what it is to zero. So why hone in on the one that that is like? realistically you're not going to do anything about the hard one involves choosing who lives and dies (laughs) exactly choosing who can have babies or not like most importantly of all the united nations have put this to bed anyway right so the united nations came out did a report they'd done a report 
And they have said a thing about to commemorate the birth of, of the eight billionth person alive. They put out some stuff. And, the, and Do you think they're called Dave? I really hope they're called Dave. If you are the eight billionth person alive <laughs> and you're called Dave, please write in in the next four weeks to Sustain a Babble and let us know and we'll, we'll get you on. Shut up and listen, right? Because this, the UN have put this to bed. They've basically gone, what's actually happening is the, the rate of population growth is slowing. It is going down, right? So population was rising really steeply. I mean, assuming that the, the, the population people didn't want like no more people ever to be born, then surely what they wanted is for the rate of growth to go down. And that is happening, right? Two thirds of the population of the earth lives in a country or an area where lifetime fertility is below 2.1 births per woman. Wow. Right. And where population growth is happening is in like some places where broadly speaking, it's really poor. And a lot of the stuff that you were talking about, like women's empowerment and, you know, poverty alleviation ain't happening so much. That's a, that's a generalization, right? But it's, it basically bears it out. It's like, well, this is what what you need to do. The the richer we get, and you know, the the more population growth slows, and that's exactly what is happening. So that's not the problem. You know what the problem is? They say I might old people. That's the problem. Oh, yes. that's what the UN say. They're like, look, if you want to worry about population, you want to worry about the fact that you've got more and more and more and more people. What are not earning money and needs to be looked after and stuff because we're trying to kill death and you know to be vaguely sensible need to be kept warm like old people yep. uh, need their yep. houses warmer and stuff like that and and require uh, all sorts of extra care and medical front and that all comes yep. at a cost right so like the demographics the, the demographic crisis is not number of people it definitely is consumption and like the impact we're having on the earth but it's also age of people god this is a boring episode I'm going to shut up yeah <laughs> Right, look, this is getting very serious. Dave's cross about how serious this is. I didn't want thinks, the episode to tell everyone representatively serious. Well, it is, because I didn't want the episode that we get rid of ourselves to be the one where people go, thank God, because they were tedious. Like, <laughs> so, why not? I don't know. I think that's perfect. See, to, to be fair, at this first is... Babalami, you might have a small pang, a sort of twinge of disappointment, the prospect that we're not in your log holes. But then you listen to us and Thank you imagined a state where you had an hour free not listening to this every week and you thought, that'd be nice. Actually, that'd be loads better. All right, we are then. doing an enormous public service to the Babalami, Dave. And Ol, I want to ask you what you think. Now, we're in a a slight bind here because we are recording on a Thursday. This always happens to us. This is like the the 12th time this has happened to us. No, I suppose the eighth time, technically, where there is a cop going on and you will listen to this when the thing is finished, but we are recording it before the thing is finished. And all we really have to go on is exactly the same thing that we have to go on at this stage of any cop, which is it all sounds like it's going to be shit, right? That's basically what we have to go on. And and the end result, by the time you listen, may or may not be shit. But I have to say, the stuff I am seeing makes it seem like this one definitely is going to be quite <laughs> shit. Um, so if that's wrong, fantastic. Hallelujah. Everyone, you know, jump about with your trousers off and, and have fun, right? But all... Yeah. 
Well, we asked David Roberts last week about cops and we said to him like, oi, do you think this is like all things being equal, a useful process? Is it ever going to actually achieve the thing it sets out to do? And he was like, don't know about that, but it's better than the way we used to do it. And at least something is happening. Where are you at with cops? If you could try and make this funny, that'd be good. Funny? Oh, God. Um, I mean, I think it's hilarious that it's been sponsored by uh, and hosted by a state that is really going hard for fossil gas. Um, and and it's astonishing that they're chairing a process that isn't coming out with, you know, kumbaya uh, of every or- orifice. So I think that I kind of think a great big fat meh. Yeah. Bod, 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 bod. I don't know. I'm sure there's people working hard and I'm sure something good, incremental, will come out of it. But I'm so far beyond the point where I look to these processes and think maybe this will be, the, maybe this will be the year yeah. where every country in the world agrees to cooperate and, um, you know, collectively sacrifice lots of things in order to stave off global Armageddon. I just see so you never use so that I think is a thing that you do not use to think. I think, but when you because you went to one, didn't you? You went to go back and listen to episode I 30. Went to one, yeah. I want to say 35 when in our first, the end of our first year was the cop in Paris. Was Paris. That's yeah. how long we've been doing this for back when there was hope. And I yeah. <laughs> went to it by Jumbo Jet, obviously, because that's what he does. Um, no, it's private jet, private jet. Oh, private jet, fine. Yeah, okay. one of those little Lear jets that I borrow off um, Elon Musk. Oh, the one's powered by Minced Otter. That's right, yeah, and the tears of orphans. Very good. Um, And you went to it, and you, like, well, you tell me, how did you feel? In fact, let's listen to what you sounded like. Is it a good deal? Uh, Which way, how do I not have you sitting on me? How do Uh, I answer this to not have you sit on me? Remind me? No, I'm not reminding you. Is it a good deal? Okay. Um, Maybe. Time Can I have half a point then? Now, the challenge you've got is you, you can't hear that clip because I've edited it in after. So, that, that, so what's yes. your memory of how... I remember Don't let tired. people into the magic of radio, Dave. Don't break <laughs> the fourth wall. I, I remember you being tired, but what else do you remember about how you felt at the end of that cop? Ah, uh, I really don't remember a thing. I remember... It was in the before times, wasn't it? No babies then. Yeah, that's true. I remember other people being very hopeful. I remember like journalists who don't specialise in climatey stuff, but who went to it going, oh, wow, this is really great, isn't it? And I remember being slightly swept along with that, thinking, oh, wow, you know, if if these proper and serious journalists think it's great, then maybe it is. Um, And then I asked some international climate campaigners what they thought, and (laughs) and the bubble was, was burst. I... I don't know. I think I think I probably was in the frame of mind of I hope one of these cops does that thing, does that thing where we all agree this is what we're going to do and commit to all the things necessary to do it. And I genuinely have lost any sense that that's going to going to happen at any of these things. I'm probably though, I'm probably more hopeful now than I was then because of those mega trends some of which David Roberts mentioned recently that are kind of nothing to do with cops. Ooh, I don't know about that. Some people would disagree with that. What you mean, like solar panels getting much cheaper and Vladimir Putin making energy expensive and that sort of stuff? 
that sort of stuff. Yeah, just the really big shifts that I think are happening. Now, I do, I do, I'm not in a camp that I think nothing ever good comes out of these cops. And I thought what David Roberts was saying last week was sensible. This idea that, like, instead of trying to beat everyone around the head and agree to a thing they're never going to agree to, like, starting from, okay, what are you going to do? And let's see if we can maybe do that a bit better. Probably good. I don't know. I've not brought the bounce to this section, Dave. You asked me a boring question. I gave you a boring answer. I don't know. Um, shall I do a little dance? Shall I do a yeah, little do jig a, for do, you? you? You get on and do a little dance and I'll say what I think. Okay. Go on, do it. Do it. I'll do my... This is River Dance. I wish the listeners could see what I've just seen. <laughs> That's like, crikey Moses, like a seal falling into a, off an ocean liner. Unnecessarily violent imagery. You forget your vegan roots, boy. Can it be the case, oh, can we? Can, we, can it be the case that the, the cops are sort of doing something that isn't massively unhelpful, meanwhile loads of other stuff is happening that may or may not be unhelpful and we're all kind of muddling through a bit and we need it all and we shouldn't expect the world from any given process and just let's keep going? Yeah. Can that, can that be the case? I think that'd be the case. Yeah, yeah. I think I think if I'm being serious for a minute, I think that is what I have concluded more than anything else. Oh, after eight years of doing the babble, is that lots of good people are trying to do lots of good stuff, and there are lots of reasons why that doesn't happen as quickly as fast. And I think some of those reasons are to do with humans being humans, and I'm not sure we're going to beat a lot of those reasons, but we're trying, and we'll do something, and it's better than doing nothing at all. Yes. Right. That is just about it for another episode of Babble. How many have we got left to go, Dave? Ooh, hang on. I got, I'll count you. Uh, you Get you, the Babble calendar out. Calculator. One, two, three. A number in between four and five. Either four or five. I mean, I, uh, okay, right. We're sticking to integers then. Yeah, six if you count this one. I don't okay. know. Some, some. 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 Some to go. Some to go. And next week there'll be some minus one to go. Thank you very much, Dave, for babbling, for putting up with old Bob Fleming over here. Thank oh, you as ever. Right. He's, to... not, he's not well. He's not well. He's, he's not, not been well at all. He's been in an abattoir in Brussels and he's not well. I have been. I've been I've been in a solar powered abattoir in Brussels, which was oh. every bit as weird as it might sound. That would be like um, if you were gonna design my hell. Okay. Oh, can we talk about my uh, my heat pump plans? No, talk about it next week. We're at the end. Oh, we're I'm really excited. I had a man round today. You're getting a heat Who'd... pump. Well, can we talk about? We'll talk about your heat it... pump. Well, next week we'll, we'll talk about your heat, heat pump. pump. We'll I had a man round today who like blew my mind with some. Here you go, like exciting new tech. People have come up with a, a solution to a problem that I thought was unsolvable. Uh, so there you go. I can talk about that. Can I talk about that? No, maybe. You've, you've, you've got the no maybe. face on. But maybe you can. Do, you can always talk about things. Yes, says the man with the editor's scissors. Thank no, you very, thank you very much to the wonderful Dickie Moore for the music that starts, ends, and intertwinkles this podcast. To the legendary Arthur Stovall for the logo that adorns us and our stuff. There is still going to be time to get a t-shirt. In fact, there probably will be into perpetuity at wobbly 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 fish and click on the merch. Very good. Uh, you'll note that we've stopped asking you for money. Um, that's because we're a bit not off, carrying on. <laughs> Um, that said Christmas is coming 
if you fancy boosting the Babel's coffers, we're not going to turn you down. Well, no, actually, um, here's here's the thing. It doesn't do to beg, but um, <laughs> if you if you have been waiting all I've this never, time, I've never subscribed to that point of view. <laughs> if, if you've been waiting all this time, like the Babel's still like cut one to cut a lot of long stories short doesn't really pay its way even given everything right if you wanted to give a little thank you to dave and ol Ooh, you know how to blimey. do it you know really? how to do it yes really why not why not why not thank give you. a little a little thank you you're to dave asking and ol. people to be grateful for be us grateful for us. all of this free Jesus. content which i estimate is somewhere in the region of two weeks solid listening worth of free content we've given people and you think people should be grateful they for should that. be grateful for that Yes. Good God. Sometimes, so, sometimes I think you have the soundest takes of anyone I know. <laughs> Not always. And, and then there are other times. A stopped clock uh, always tells the right time twice a day. Hmm. Okay, if you'd like to get in touch with us for any reason, perhaps you've got a route in to James Inhofe, uh, you can email us at hello at sustainababble.fish. You can tweet us at the Babble Wagon or you can find us on Facebook. Just search Sustainable. And if you've been also, if you've been sitting on a brilliant idea, a great guest, you've got a wicked idea for a Babble concept interview, now is your time. Do not hold on to this idea. You've got something you think would be brilliant for us to do. Let us know. Can't promise to do it, let's face it, but don't go gently into that quiet, dark silence. Super. Talking of going gently into dark silent nights, our listeners going to be treated with a joke at the end of this episode? Yes. In fact, that's what's going to happen to Sustainable Babble after we've gone. I'm going to keep it going, but just once a week, (laughs) I'm going to do jokes. (laughs) Do you know what would be genuinely, genuinely hurtful is if the listenership slightly picks up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye! I, in a weird way, I'm going to miss these. You will miss these. You'll miss this. Now, this is a good joke, right? Okay. You've been liking my then. jokes of late. You've been giving good... You yeah, like no, last I think week's the, the standard so has I've, increased. I have yeah. pushed myself to do better, right? So last oh week... Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> mm. I went... It was time for the annual bee shopping. I went shopping for my bees. Um, I needed to buy some so- bees... So, so you I, were buying bees. I was you weren't buying, shopping on behalf of your bees. Nope, I was buying bees. And I okay. went to the bee shop and I said, hello. <laughs> I said, hello, <laughs> can I have 12 bees, please? And the person behind the counter got out their box of bees and counted me out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, ten, <laughs> your face, eleven, twelve, thirteen bees. And I said, well, no, 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 so I only, I only wanted twelve. And she pointed at the last one and said, that's a freebie. No, no, what you've done there is you've peaked <laughs> last week and now you're very much on the decline. That's a good joke. It's not.